0: If you have your Bible, if you turn to Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, and the scripture will also uh, be up on the screen. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of uh, speaking each evening at our high school, our denominations high school conference. It's called um, Horizon And uh, being with those students, I've never been the the main speaker except for this year, but ordinarily I go uh, during the week to help teach seminars. So I teach four seminars over the course of the week in the summer. And being with high school students in our denomination always uh, is such a joy to me, and it always fills me with such hope uh, for our denomination and for the church in general. Uh, And at the suggestion of our our conference director, I spoke on the theme of belonging to Christ— from the first 17 verses of Colossians chapter 3. And I found the preparation of those messages so fruitful for me personally in my relationship uh, with the Lord and the response uh, of the students and their leaders led me to want to preach uh, to you uh, on the same text uh, with the same theme. I love Paul's letter to the Colossians because it is all about Jesus. It's all about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what Jesus means to and for us. And so over the next four Sundays, we're going to take this passage and we'll take a section of it each week and, and we'll study it. But this morning... In order to get ready for what uh, the Lord has for us in Colossians chapter 3, we're going to read the whole thing. So, uh, well, not the whole chapter, but verses 1 through 17. So if you're able, I'd ask you to stand in honor of God's word. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, power. There is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, And patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were indeed called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Oh Lord, our hearts overflow with thankfulness to you for who you are and for what you have done. And we pray now that you would allow your word, the word of Christ, to dwell in us richly. Lord, that we might be reminded and refreshed and renewed in the gospel, in the knowledge that because of Christ, we belong to you. Lord, I pray that we would see your love. And Lord, even that we would, have a fresh experience of your love and the assurance that comes with it as we look to to you in your word right now. We love you and we thank you. We expectantly wait for you to work in us. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. For as long as I remember... I have longed to belong. I have had this longing in my soul to belong. And honestly, for the first few years of my life, I felt like I did belong. My parents and my church did a great job making me feel known and making me feel loved and making me feel safe. But When I stepped out of that bubble, I found out pretty quickly that belonging is not automatic. That love and acceptance can be withheld. That you can find yourself on the outside looking in pretty quickly or even the object of ridicule if you're not careful. When I was in first grade, at our little church school. I was young for my grade. Uh, I, had a, I had a late uh, birthday, and so I was the youngest person in my grade. And uh, I made the mistake one day at snack time, as we were all sitting around the table, it wasn't just my grade, it was multiple grades, because we were such a small school. And I made the mistake, uh, because I was younger for my grade, I, I still enjoyed uh, watching television shows like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame Street and I brought up something that had happened with Big Bird and, and Mr. Snuffleupagus the day before. And I saw this friend, a one grade ahead of me, who I, I really admired and, and trusted and liked. He made a face at me, recoiled from me, and said, you still watch baby shows? And he laughed and everybody laughed. And I know that it's a small and silly thing, but it was in that moment. That's why I still remember it, that it was in that moment that I realized that just being myself put belonging at risk. And so very quickly, as everyone was... ...hide behind, and I quickly made up a lie that... Uh, I had been uh, just in the room with my baby sister when she was watching Sesame Street and had seen this. Well, in those intervening years between that story and this next one, I began to learn in many ways that belonging is not automatic. And, and then I was on a, a, a trip with other students, high school and middle school students and uh, we were all swimming in a lake and up to that point, I really had not ever given much consideration to my body or had any kind of uh, body image issues in particular, but I was swimming without a shirt like everybody else and Uh, at one point we all kind of jumped up out of the lake and into a raft together and there were a number of us and again a kid that I considered one of my best friends someone that I liked and admired and trusted looked at me and recoiled from me and pointed at my belly and said dude you're fat and I have worn a swim shirt ever since It's a kind of mask that allows me to feel like the possibility of belonging and not being rejected and alienated because of who I am or or what I look like is still a possibility. It's literally something that I can hide behind. And it's things like this through my childhood and my teen years that profoundly shaped me. I had this deep Longing to belong, but I was steadily waking up to the realization that just me wasn't enough to merit belonging and escape rejection. So I I, I kind of began a quest to craft a, a version of me that would meet expectations, that would be found acceptable, that could be a, a part of something that would give me some sense of belonging. And so I I carefully constructed various masks that the real me could safely hide behind, protected from judgment and alienation, because the mask was liked and accepted by others. And I had different ones for different social circles and different areas of my life and different situations, all slightly varied to kind of fit where I was and who I was with. And honestly, it it led me, especially in my teen years, to, to speak speak and to act in ways that were wrong and inconsistent with my internal character, who I really was. And, and as I just would put on a mask here and put on a mask there and put on a mask for these people, honestly, it was exhausting. And, and what the strategy did, not only did it bring to me what I hoped it, it did not bring to me what I hoped it would, which was belonging, it actually kept me from it. Sociologist Brene Brown says this, belonging is an innate desire that we all have to be a part of something bigger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in, by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. That's my story. I wanted to be known and loved, but I was afraid to be known, so I removed the possibility of being loved. The masks that I wore gave me a counterfeit sense of belonging, but not the real thing. In fact, if they did anything, they moved me further from true belonging. And I wish that I could tell you today that that's just something that I used to struggle with, that that's something that is, is long in my past, but this reality is still with me. I still suspect that people, including you, a church that I love, I still suspect that you will reject me if you get a glimpse of the real me, like others in the past have. I fear that you will realize that I'm not actually confident, but deeply insecure in many ways. That I'm not as good a person as you would like to believe that I am. After all, I am a pastor. I'm a professional Christian. But what if you saw that I can be impatient with my children and how I can get unjustly frustrated with my wife and how I'm not humble but I'm proud and how my inner monologue does not always match the words and attitudes that I let you see that I am in fact deeply sinful. I had a, a professor in seminary who had this working theory that pastors are actually the most sinful people in any particular congregation and the Lord puts them up front so he can keep a better eye on them. And you laugh, but I actually think that's true. That there is no one in this room who needs the grace and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ more than me. I'm afraid that you will see that I'm not as smart or creative or fun or carefree as I wish that I were or perhaps pretend to be. When I am with or in front of you, my longing to belong tempts me To portray an image, to put on a mask. That longing to belong is not something that I think is exclusive to me. I'm pretty sure that you have that same longing. It comes naturally to us because we were created to belong. Almighty God made us for himself. He made us in his image to enjoy his presence forever in perfect happiness and perfect holiness. And in the beginning, we had belonging. We knew who we were and we could be with God and we could be with each other as we were. To the degree that Genesis chapter 2 says that the people God made were naked and they were not ashamed. We belonged. But we chose to break our belonging. We chose to go our own way. We rejected the God who created us and who loved us. We threw away our relationship with him. And when God came down to speak to us about what it is that we had done, how did the first people react? Adam and Eve, who had known perfect belonging with God and with each other, who had enjoyed walking with God in the coolness of the day, who had enjoyed his presence and perfect happiness and perfect holiness, hid from the Lord. And they literally sewed together fig leaves and covered themselves up with them because of their shame, through sin, we were alienated from God and from true belonging, and we have been ever since. And we now live in the tension between having been created for belonging and love and the sin and shame that keeps us from it. The hard truth is The hard truth is the main reason we hide our true selves behind masks or fig leaves is not because people have rejected us in the past. It's really because we don't want to see what's actually there, so why would anybody else? There really is something to hide for all of us. We are all a mess, And instead of recognizing that and embracing other messes and giving them a place to belong, instead, we're only interested sometimes in being perceived as less of a mess than they are. Because if we're perceived as less of a mess than they are, then maybe we'll have a better chance to belong to the group. The other option is to push into our mess And to take our sin as our identity, to take pride in it and find community around it, which of course is another form of counterfeit belonging. It's just another mask. Yes, your sin is true of you, but it can't be who you are because you were made in the very image of God. Created to belong, but alienated by sin and because of sin from God and from each other. What hope is there? What hope is there for us to ever belong or ever have our longing to belong, to be satisfied? Well, the scriptures tell us that there is every hope, that we have every hope. Why? Because Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And Jesus doesn't love just some future version of me or you that finally has it all together and is somehow now pure and lovely and qualified to belong to him. No, Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me right here, right now, in our sin, in our shame, with our sorrow and our hurt and our separation and our alienation and our bitterness and our brokenness in all the ways that we have been rejected and rejected others and all the ways that we have dishonored God and provoked him to our face, to his face, Jesus loves us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus loves you as you are right now? I have come to believe and to know that I am far worse than I even realize, but also that I am infinitely more loved than I could possibly imagine. The way that we come to see and and to embrace Jesus' love for us is to behold As often as possible, how far he went so that we could know his love, so that we could know the belonging for which we were created. Jesus loves you so much that he who is eternal God left the glories of heaven and became eternally human, fully God and fully man so that he could be your shepherd and your savior and your substitute so that he could do for you what you could never do for yourself. And when Jesus was on the earth, he allowed himself to be tempted in every way as you are. But in every instance, he resisted sin so that he might offer to God his righteousness in place of your sin. So that he could offer his honorable record in place of your sinful record. In his earthly life, Jesus would never have a place to belong This is illustrated by at his birth. He is in the small town of his family's line and there's no room for him. So when he's born, he has to be laid in a feeding trough for animals. In his ministry, as he goes around preaching, he says this, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have their nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. The apostle John tells us that he came to his own people. And his own people did not embrace him. They rejected him. And they despised him. And they crucified him. Because he loves you and me, he went willingly to the cross where he not only endured humiliation and hatred from people, but the very justice of God that you and I deserve. Isaiah 53, 4-6. the iniquity of us all. 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. 2 Corinthians five twenty one. for our sake he made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Here is the picture, so that we might know true belonging, And out of his infinite love for us, Jesus endured the rejection and the alienation and the humiliation that we had earned, crying out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that we could belong, Jesus was rejected. But it wasn't only in our place. Those who trust in Christ are placed in Christ so that his life becomes our life and his death becomes our death and his resurrection becomes our resurrection. His victory becomes our victory and all his benefits, all of his benefits become ours. And this truth is why the apostle Paul could write and glory in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's why he could write again here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, if then you have been raised with Christ. The belonging that Jesus has won for you through his life and death and resurrection is... It is, inarguably, the most complete and most intimate belonging possible, because Jesus knows you even better than you know yourself. The things about you, the things about me, that would make other people recoil from us and flee from us, Jesus already knows. And what does he do? He embraces us and runs toward us instead. If you trust Christ, you are in him and he is in you and he will never abandon you and he will never reject you and he will never cast you aside for someone who is better or more interesting or more attractive or more fun. His love for you will never falter or fade or fail or waver. It will never be less. Even in your darkest, most despicable moments, His love for you will never be less and it can never be more. But I want to call all of our attention to the crucial word in this verse and everything depends on it. It's the first word. If. If then you have been raised with Christ. This is not a question of whether you know the good news about Jesus. If you've been around Back Creek for any time, you have heard the good news about Jesus. It's not a question of whether you intellectually agree with the facts about Jesus. Most of you do, or at least you're considering them. It's not a question of whether or not you can give me the right answers about what you believe in your mind. This is a question of whether or not you personally are in union with Christ by faith. It's a question of whether you are bound to him in his life and death and resurrection and belong to him because you have received him and are resting in him alone for your salvation. If you believe you are in Christ and the belonging that you were created for is yours, it cannot and it will not ever be taken away, no matter what. But we still live in a broken, fallen Difficult world. We are still sinful and we still experience rejection and alienation from other people. We belong to Christ, but our hearts and our minds struggle to grasp and to feel what is true. And I certainly wrestle with a continuing longing to belong that comes more from unbelief in the gospel than anything else. The root of my longing to belong is that I disbelieve that I really do belong to God, having been crucified and raised with Christ. And I would just ask you to do this with me. today we would ask the Lord to assure us that we belong to him and that he would overwhelm us with a sense of that belonging. see, we know what is objectively true, that through Christ we belong to God. It's so difficult for us to subjectively experience this, but this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. The Holy Spirit testifies to our spirits that we are children of God, that we belong, and I would just ask you to join me in praying this for us today, that the Holy Spirit would overwhelm us with a sense of assurance that we now and forever belong to him. And let's ask humbly and expectantly for the grace that we need to connect what we know in our heads to what we need in our hearts. If you're here today and you do not yet know Jesus, the scriptures say that you were created to belong. And the one who made you loves you. That he lived and died and rose again so that you might belong, so that you might be fully known and fully loved by God, that you might be his. And Jesus Christ is the answer to the deepest longings of your soul, and he is calling you right now. Come to him, receive him, surrender to him, ask him to save you, and from this moment on, you will belong. I recently asked a group of people, including non believers, but it was majority believers, when they most felt I belong. And with my own story, their answers broke my heart. Things like this seldom. I thought I belonged, but it turns out that I was just useful. Every time I felt I belonged, it was preparation for rejection. I don't belong with anyone anywhere, and simply never. And I tell you that so that you know that if you have struggled with this longing to belong, you are not alone. And you don't have to spend the rest of your life wondering if and when you will ever belong. You belong right here, right now to the person for whom you were created. And that doesn't mean that our longing will go away. We still live in a broken and fallen world. We still have to war against what is earthly in us. That's what this chapter tells us. It doesn't mean that things will automatically get easier for us. What it means is, Jesus Christ is the all-surpassing treasure, and belonging to him is everything. Belonging to Jesus is everything. It is what will sustain us when we feel like we don't belong or when we endure rejection and alienation and abandonment from others. There is going to be a disconnect between the reality of what the gospel has made true, that we belong to the Lord and how we feel because we are fallen and the world is fallen and people are going to sin against us and we're going to sin against people. And so we're going to have to fight our flesh. And we're going to have to fight for a subjective sense of belonging through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but also by declaring to ourselves again and again what is true, beholding again and again the grace and love and goodness of God in the gospel. And uh, we sing a hymn here at Back Creek that helps me fight for that sense of belonging and reminds me that belonging to Jesus, because he is the all-surpassing treasure, is better than anything else. And I learned it in in a little bit more archaic language than we usually sing it in. So uh, forgive me for that. But it goes like this. Jesus, I my cross have taken. All to leave and follow thee. Destitute, despised, forsaken. Thou from hence my all shall be. Perish every fond ambition. All I've hoped or sought or known. Yet how rich is my condition. God and heaven are still my own. Let the world despise and leave me. They have left my Savior too. Human hearts and looks deceive me. Thou art not like them untrue. Oh, while thou dost smile upon me, God of wisdom, love, and might, foes may hate and friends disown me. Show your face, and all is bright. Go then, earthly fame and treasure. Come disaster, scorn, and pain. In your service, pain is pleasure. With thy favor, loss is gain. I have called thee, Abba, Father, I have stayed my soul on thee. Storms may howl and clouds may gather. All must work for good to me. We who believe belong to Jesus. But our sense of belonging is something that we sometimes have to fight for by declaring truth to ourselves or even to the enemy. And I just want to put a weapon in your hand to fight for, on the basis of the gospel, your sense of belonging to Christ. It's Heidelberg Catechism question number one. And so I'll ask the question and ask you to help me with the answer. Uh, It's in your bulletin, but it's not complete. So if you'll just uh, look on the screen for this answer and hear these words. What is your only comfort? Not not what is a comfort to you that is added to the other comforts that you have. No, what is the only comfort? What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head apart from the will of my heavenly Father. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to Him, Christ, by His Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life. And makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for Him. I just ask you to join me in over the next four weeks in memorizing this question and answer, so that together we can fight for the belonging that in Christ is ours. And yes, I feel and sense the irony of a bald man reading about how God can't allow—I mean, a hair can't fall from my head apart from God's will. And yet, still, I know that I belong. If then you have been raised with him, have you been crucified and raised with Christ? Do you belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to the only faithful Savior of sinners? Let's pray. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are no stranger. To rejection and to alienation, to sin of others and the brokenness of this world. Thank you that you have done everything for us so that we might belong, so that we might belong permanently, so that we might belong eternally, so that we might belong not as those who barely make it into the kingdom of God, but It's the very children of God, loved eternally and infinitely. Lord, I pray that you would give us a sense of our belonging to you. You would help us fight for that by reminding ourselves again and again of the high cost of our salvation and our adoption. Lord, I pray that in this community right here that we would be able and willing to take off the mask, to lay it down, to be who we are, to let this place be a hospital for sinners, Lord, where we have to expose our wounds so that your gospel can be a balm of Gilead to them, a salve that heals us and restores us. Lord, make this a place where we can be both known and loved. Lord, we know that it will be imperfectly so. We thank you that we have your perfect love and that you know us better than we know ourselves and you love us still. Thank you that by grace, through faith in Christ alone, we belong. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.